0: Hello, and welcome to the Mullet Over Podcast. Chew, chew, chew. That sounds like that a... That was very a, different. It sounds like a battlefield. <laughs> Jets flying over, dropping bombs.
1: No. We are... Ex- that reminds me. What? When we started the 40 day, first 40-day revolution. I
0: was trying to explain to someone, like, the pure intentions of when we started it, and they were, like, had no grid for it. They, they, I was on a podcast, and, you know, they were... They're in their early 20s, and so, like, the idea, like... they're Declaring gr- war on the schools. Like, and- they've only experienced and grown up with, like... Yeah. fear at school
1: yeah we had people wearing camo to school we had bomb your school day and all of it principals loved it back then nobody had ever talked about bombing schools or school shootings that started at the end of that 40 days it was like satan had a plan but god had a better plan his plans are always better What well, what do you think is
0: causing like if you were to say what's going on with the the school shootings like and what would be your remedy i, I want to hear this
1: well, first of all, we deal a lot with people that have been through mind control programming, and so the and that is way bigger than most people have any realization or clue about. Um, I, I I don't worry anymore about talking about these things because even though most people the the media and the world is trying to make us believe that that is all um, conspiracy theory, and uh, but the reality is, it is been happening and is happening and so there are people that are that that once they are triggered based upon the medications they're on based upon um the the types of techniques that are used in their counseling programming um and and, and people are thinking this guy just sounds crazy right now but but we deal with this we help people get free of it we um, our reverse, you know, we're ministering and God is the one, like when, the more I understood about programming and how intense it is and how broad it is, I was like, God, this is huge, but God is bigger. So I, the more complicated I, I learn about the stuff, the more I go, God, I'm just depending on you. And I watch God do amazing things in people and and they've been programmed to kill people. They've been programmed to not think twice about doing it. And many times they actually think they're serving God. So I, I believe that what's happening around the world is that that stuff is being triggered and um and codes are being accessed, people are being accessed and they're going about doing something that they don't completely understand. Um and most of that information it would be easy if someone was able to sit down and interview All of these people, because I, like I have read, they've stopped interviewing a lot of them because a lot of them, what they're remembering that they were doing is different from what anybody else experienced. And that's because it was programmed in and, um, we could go deep into that. Let's do it. Uh, uh, we can't
0: just can't just say <clears throat> that. So you're saying, you know, how many school shootings are there a year right now? Like we're talking – Oh,
1: no. It's like daily now. It's multiple. I saw the list and Columbine was like the first one and that happened at the end of our first 40 days. One of the reasons why we had to change the name from This Means War – that's what we called it, and we we were on the radio, the Christian radio, the um, Joy FM, every day, and it, and it, and because they got excited about this, yep, that's the book, and uh, over a million people did that, uh, and so God's what God did was bigger than what the enemy Absolutely. had planned. We 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 mobilized people. Oh, it was all over the world. It was translated into different languages. The only reason I know that nobody asked for permission, we would get. Oh yeah, there's like 40,000 people in Korea. Now Koreans, they, they mm-hmm. did reach out to us. That was one that we knew about, but it was in Brazil and Argentina and, um, even in Portugal. So there was three different Portuguese versions, each one translated independently. Wow. And I only got copies. I I got copies of one of the Spanish ones and it was translated in Spanish in different places. It was, I don't even know all the different places. And part of that's because Lou Engel was doing the call events and he was going different places. International. And so people were coming from all over the world. They were getting it and taking it back. They might not even have known where to go, even though you could find it in the book. Um, you know, but it was like, it was a nameless, faceless revolution. Yeah. So we're mobilizing kids to pray and fast and declare spiritual war in their school because we're the only way to ch- positively change the spiritual climate of a school. You can't do it with an event; it's a sustained effort, and that's what yeah. our, our military knows. You you can't have a short term strategy. Un, most of the time, we have a short term strategy. It's week to week survival Christianity. Like uh, I, I hope I can make it till next Sunday. It's not a a a, a we don't have. An equipping mindset. Yeah, equipping mindset or, or one that we, we are going to change the world. Yeah. There are people that are like that and most of them are considered weird and radical and strange. A lot of churches, a lot of pastors talk that way. People get fired up, but from Sunday to Sunday, they're not doing hardly anything. So with the 40 day revolution, the, the whole theory behind it was give something simple, practical. It takes five minutes to do, but to make your faith a reality, to, 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 to do something. So buy someone else's lunch. Why are you doing this? You know, and you go, I just want to show you guys love. No strings attached. That simple takes almost no time. Takes a few bucks. You know, well, it used to be a few bucks. Now it's doggone. And we ate it out last night and we're not going to name the restaurant, but it went from 12 to $15 and almost nothing was under 20. It was a main chain that we used to do all the time. Yeah. And we walked out of there dropping 50 bucks on, um, on two people. Yeah. And it was like, like, wow, we used to, we used to do almost every day for like 20 bucks. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's like, and you know what? Our income didn't double. I know, um, right? <laughs> I wish it did. <laughs> so, but, Okay. So what started the 40 days?
0: How'd the 40 days get started?
1: Uh, the, it was, um, harvest evangelism, um, was doing city reaching schools. So they, they had been a part of the revival star in Argentina. Many people don't know about that, but those were some that they were some of the biggest revivals of all time. The numbers of people, Carlos Anacondia, one guy they say probably led more people to Christ than Billy Graham. Um, and, uh, I, I don't have those statistics Transform- anymore. It a nation more yo, than oh, just yeah. events. Yeah. It was, it was multination and he, they even came to the U.S., mm-hmm. but mostly were known in Argentina and, Oh my gosh, the stories are incredible. Phenomenal book. It's called Listen to Me, Satan. And he was a businessman who was fed up with what he saw the church doing mm-hmm. and had one sermon, rented a tent, hired secular musicians because he didn't like the what churches were doing with church music. And, and paid intercessors for 40 days just to pray over the city before he launched. I mean, just some of the stuff. is. And then miracles started so happening. Such
0: a different mindset. Like, he came at it from like a business, almost transactional. Like, I'm yeah. going to invest He was on and, fire
1: for God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, 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 praise God, he didn't have a church religious background. He didn't try to just fit it into a He structure. just was yeah. like, people need God. And we need the power of God. And I don't know if he even knew going in about healing and deliverance, but God just blessed. He had real intercessors. I, I learned so much from him and from what happened in Argentina. So anyways, they, they were bringing that model, um, to the U.S. to the U.S. and teaching us how you can take a whole city. And pulling all the churches together, and and so two guys. It, it was funny because we had Rabbi on here, and he reminded me Jack Legatella was his buddy. He was up in Rochester, New York. Jack Legatella was working for Harvest Events. and came down here, and they were pretty cr- crazy, wild they guys. Were ready to go. And uh, and they were saying God wants to birth something in Tampa through the youth that's going to impact the nation. And I was like, I will stack chairs. I'll push a broom. I'll do anything. I was in a season of life of of s- learning to hear God's voice um, fasting, praying, seeing the supernatural, but not in a position, not in a church. And I was like, I'm just here to serve my city. I'm here to reach a city. Uh, I'll do whatever I can do. So I started off just helping and like five weeks in front of it before we had an event scheduled that we're going to do this youth thing. That's going to change the city. No strategy, and so we, me and a guy named Robert Leatherwood, sat in my car and on a napkin wrote down forty ideas. It was just forty bullet points for forty days and brainstormed assignments. And then I came home, typed that on the front and back. Uh, I think it was three eight and a half by eleven sheets of paper. So we're not even talking a book. It was stapled up in the corner. Oh my goodness! We had we had you know like. Uh, Publix bags, the the you know the plastic ones that you put your groceries in, and in there we had Warhead candy. We had a bottle of anointing oil. We had. Um, I remember filling bottles of
0: anointing oil, yeah. like spending days and days filling <laughs> bottles of anointing oil. Yeah, how old were you, you when were, all this started? Uh, you were a kid. Oh yeah, and you were completely like on i had, I had no my- i had no grid that this wasn't normal like yeah. like from my earliest <laughs> memories is like being given a, a hundred little vials <laughs> and filling it with anointing <sighs> over and praying over it that's what i remember as like a five-year-old uh, those are like my gosh. my
1: early memories gosh that's amazing yeah. and us doing ministry in the house yeah people being healed and casting out demons and that was just we normal. hardly knew what we were doing so anyways we 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 I, we pulled this thing off in five weeks. We had the band Red that sings um, and the the father came running. I don't remember the, the song even, but it's a great song. It was about the father. Um, um, and then he ran to me, took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said, my son's come home again. Anyways, they're they're, they're, they're a Christian rock band. That song, I don't think of it as a rock song. But, but uh, so we had like 750 kids and everybody said, there's no way you're going to get these kids to do a 40-day fast. And we're like, we never don't asked know. Him before? If we, yeah, no one's ever done anything like that. It's just, it'll be interesting. So oh, Mike May was from Scotland, and so he did the Braveheart William Wallace speech. Had a kilt on, a sword. We had all all the youth pastors had painted their faces, and so we're talking about taking the schools for Christ. Here's your assignment: How many of these 750 kids are going to commit to fasting for 40 days? Doing these assignments, and I watched every kid in that room stand up that night.
0: Oh, listen! If you hear Braveheart speech, you can't not sign up for whatever. I can do it. Suggest. I can
1: do it on the drop of a hat. Yeah, yeah. With with the um accent and everything. So well,
0: when we do it at my youth group, I'm gonna have to have you come in a kilt <laughs> with a painted face and do it all out with the sword. That'll uh, just yeah. freak them
1: out. Yeah, I do have a broadsword now. So do you have a kilt?
0: I don't have a kilt. Okay, I'm sure some of the a- African garments <laughs> that you have are you could probably. Sasha's got to have a skirt I could buy. <laughs> (laughs) Thankfully she doesn't watch our podcast (laughs) She won't hear that Okay, so
1: we launched You launched 40 days, 750 people Yeah, and and we had Testimonies coming in almost from the very first day Within days We're on the radio So we've had these kids commit We got these papers handed out I I had youth pastors call me Day 14 can you read that and tell me what it says? And I read it and I go, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's completely unedited. Oh my goodness. And, uh, and I was like, so we just made stuff up as we went along some of it, <laughs> but it was really cool. The, it, what reminded me is the beginning that I did that sound because at the beginning of every day's assignment that we had recorded them all in one sitting at the, you know, we just read, read them off, which is weird that we didn't figure out day 14 was messed up that day because we had recorded all of them. And, uh, but anyway so so um but they had like it sounded like helicopters flying overhead and bombs going off
0: oh my god and this
1: was every single day and it was t- two or three times a day they gave the assignments to the students so they gave it for them for the day before and then they gave it in the morning for that day and uh and so all over the city people are doing this that's so cool and um more people are joining more people are hearing about it and getting on board and like i remember the at the very beginning kids Methodist kids, Baptist kids, everybody's anointing the doors, you know, and no one had ever taught them about anointing oil. It, it was weird because one of the first thing he was like, "This is, we're not, we can't do this. This is a charismatic thing," and we had not even stopped to think. Really, only charismatics have anointing oil. I was like, I thought it was in everybody's Bible, and uh, <laughs> because it was, it was a bunch of it was guys from different yeah. backgrounds coming together, and we were just all fired up can we pull this off can we do this there were youth groups that doubled in size The, the biggest transformation that I remember one was 15 that went to 85 kids I don't know the math on that, but it's like six times, five times the amount yeah. um, of, of, uh, of young people in their youth group. Uh, Robert Leverett Woods went from 35 kids to 135 in 40 days. If, and, and don't quote me on all this because right. there, there were a lot of different youth groups. But I wish Robert was here to talk about it because was, was, he was such a key player in it. So we were hearing all this stuff. And it was incredible. And 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 then they had a city-reaching school. So people from all over the state are coming, and they're hearing what's happening through the youth because we had done the youth thing like a week or two before. So I'm getting requests to do this in other cities. And at Need more staples. I think it was after our 40 days was done. It could have been during it that Columbine happened. That was the first school shooting. So we had kind of jumped into this train of thought off of the... The, issues. where are all yeah. these shootings coming from? And I saw a list and you had to scroll and scroll and scroll all the school shootings, bombings and stuff like that. And there was a rash of it right after that of people calling it in as pranks. And so schools were Something almost down. every day students were having to leave their yeah. campus and go out. And, and, uh, so it, it was, it was. Ridiculous you know and and while, while that's all happening, we're mobilizing thousands of kids. It was pretty easy to fire up a youth group back then. Um, <clears throat> I actually believe that it would be amazing to, to do it again. Oh, yeah, we're going to
0: totally do it with my youth group,
1: yeah, but the um because I, I remember some youth pastors they were trying to get their kids motivated and they couldn't get anybody signed up, pretty good sized youth groups, great youth pastors, and I was like, I don't know what they did. But I, I went in there I go, I'm going to unsell it. Give me like three minutes, five minutes. Yeah. I'm going to unsell it. And I go, the, what I'm going to tell you about, it's not for everybody. It's for the ones that are radical, the ones that want to make a difference, the ones that see the real need at their school and go, it's time to do something about it. I'm looking for those one percenters. And I don't know. This, there's not a 100 kids. There's only 65 kids. And there's maybe there aren't any one percenters here, but maybe there are. So I'm looking for just those one, two, whatever that are here that are saying, Whatever it takes, I want to do something to see my school change. And then I would tell them what it's going to cost them and how hard it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I go, is there anybody in this room that's like that? And you'd have a couple of kids that would just bolt out of their seats. And you know, if I had promised them free pizza and this is going to be fun, they wouldn't have fired up. But something about unselling it, they were going, okay, yeah, I'm in. And and then their friends that are next to them would stand up with them. Yeah. And then, and then as I tried to talk them out of it, other kids start standing up. And pretty soon I'm like, almost the whole youth group is standing My up. My experience has been, we just don't
0: challenge our youth enough. Like youth are not challenged. Like we, we dumb it down. We dumb it down. I'm not even just talking spiritually. I'm talking like we, academically, we think emotionally. That
1: that's what it's going to take to reach them. Yeah. A lot of youth pastors are trying to be cool and hip and modern. And I saw the video clip from your youth group. I bet they had, it had never looked like that before.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) We're just getting started. It's going to get way. Yeah.
1: So you're in a, a, a church, they probably had never been taught how to hear God's voice, and they're hearing God's voice. Uh, that I, I the video clip was they were
0: when I got interviewed they asked me they were like so you know we this is kind of like the spiritual climate <laughs> of our you know youth group whatever like you know what what would you you know like how would you like to build up that I was like oh I just I don't even I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them to sprint like I'm gonna call them to what Jesus called them to do and hopefully they keep
1: up that's pretty much that's kind of my my oh, strategy man I wish do. I wish we could train youth pastors because. It, First of all, they have to get so in love and on fire for Jesus. And too often, if you graduate from a Bible college or seminary and you're trying to pass on what you got there,
0: it's a very intellectual. Yeah. With youth, they're like, we don't want to sit through another lecture. We do that all day at school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you teach them.
0: Yeah. Listen, if I sit there and try to intellectually teach them, like yeah. anytime I do that, I'm like, <clears throat> they're, they're they don't want to listen. It's when I'm fired up. That's yeah. like the, That's when they engage. A hundred
1: percent. Yeah. 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 They want something worth dying yeah. for. A hundred percent. And Jesus is worth dying for.
0: Oh, yeah. They want something real. Like, I mean, all they experience is like insecurity and not real. Like, social media is not real. Everyone at school is not real. Like, you know,
1: what's real? So you're impacting these kids. Hopefully. Yeah. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like texting you, though, and wanting to know the, what Oh, verse man, you're... I got
0: one. I got a text. <clears throat> uh, I, I get a text um, asking for a Bible verse that I said, not while I was preaching. I made the reference, someone like mentioned that they like a girl and I just threw out, you know, proverb says it's open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. So one of the kids texted me like, hey, what was that reference? I'm going to use it to <laughs> guilt all of my friends. And I was like, I'm so glad you're applying all the things that I'm, <laughs> I'm teaching. That's great to hear. So so at least, yeah, some of that. Two of the kids, like two of the kids started a Bible study. They used to play video games all night. And so they started reading their Bible, like a chapter, together at night before they play video games and they're like we're gonna become twitch streamers and read the bible and and pray and stuff while we twitch stream i was like that's the new
1: evangelism we're gonna have to update the 40 revolution with twitch streaming evangelism ideas yeah before i even really had encountered god in a supernatural way (coughs) learned how to hear god's voice or, or seen miracles and all that kind of stuff when i became a youth pastor i was like i didn't I, I don't. I, I, just being real at the time, I was like, I didn't like when I was a teenager. I didn't like teenagers. I'm not in love with them now. And uh, but whatever it is, I don't want to just play games yeah. and and babysit them. And so I I started. I remember the first one. It was Chuck Swindoll's Living Above the Level of Mediocrity, and that's where I started. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was and it was a spiritual challenge. Now nothing like what I would challenge people to now. And Steve Batson. Was one of the first kids that walked up to me. If
0: Steve is listening, you're co- we're going to have Steve on. Yeah. Now. We're going to yeah, text Steve yeah. like now and have him on. And the he Marcus. walks up
1: to me, and the, the first kid is a junior hire that walks up, and I look up to them. He's taller than me as a 16 year old. Uh, not as a six, as a 12 year old. Oh my gosh. 12, 13, I can't remember exactly. I, I think like, it was 12. I was like 5'3 as a 12 yeah,
0: year old. Yeah. So
1: he walks up to me, and I'm looking up, and I was like, Who's this young man, and what's he doing in our <laughs> youth group? What college do you go to? Yeah, yeah. and uh, and and he's got like an, a small entourage with him of all like athletic. Have you ever kids. heard
0: him tell that story? <clears throat> huh. Okay, we're gonna have to have him on because yeah, that would be You fun. have to
1: hear his side of that. It's really,
0: yeah. it's really cool.
1: So, he, anyways, he's sitting out there, and I'm like challenging these kids to to get radical, to get sold out. And he walks up to me, and goes, "I'm gonna do this. I'm serious. I'm gonna read my Bible and da 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 da." And I'm like, cool. Like, sure. No, <laughs> I, I, I was, you know, in the next week, he's like, this is awesome. Like, this is right. I didn't realize he didn't even know the Lord. Yeah. Like, that was like I, the beginning of his relationship. we we'll have to have
0: him on, but I think that was the first time he had gone to the youth group. Yeah. I want to say it was the
1: first or second time he'd ever gone. Yeah. Yeah. And he be, just became on fire for God yeah. and, and was like, would you disciple me? And some of my friends. So we started like meeting at, at uh, McDonald's in the morning before school and stuff like that, and, and uh, so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they're, and and that's what the one percenters. Mm-hmm. And when you get a one percenter, you're going to impact the world. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to impact other people. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, Jesus turned the world <clears> right <throat> side up with 12 apostles. You yeah. know, what could would happen if... I, I tell my youth group, I'm like, we're double the size of the apostles. We can totally change your schools. Like oh, yeah. we, I mean, with the 4-Day Revolution, like, we've seen st- the spiritual climate on youth, on entire, like, schools change. Like, we had this one girl who, I love her testimony because... When we brought her on to interview her, like <laughs> I know her youth pastor, about. her pastor, everyone was like, you have to hear the testimony from this girl. It's absolutely <clears throat> crazy. She completely transformed her church, her family, and her um, school. school. Yeah. And so we're like, yeah, we have to interview her. We bring her in. She can't. And we put a
1: microphone on her.
0: We put a microphone on her, and she cannot look us in the eye. And she can't talk loud enough.
1: She can't form. For us to get- she's
0: got a microphone right here, and we can't. It's not even picking up. She could barely open her mouth. She couldn't look at us. She was Shyest. so intimidated. So shy. And we were like, at this point, I'm like, they sent us the wrong girl. There's been a miscommunication. <laughs> Our idea of revival is much different than your idea of revival. Yeah. And we just started. Eventually, she was able to whisper loud enough that we were able to understand. And it was pretty much like, she's like, I read the assignments and I did them. Yeah. That's all I did. And the FCA doubled in size you know, during the Teachers 40 days. we're talking about her. Her pastor... At her church says, I now believe that God can heal because of that girl right there. Like, because she went to her neighbor, and one of the days of assignments was pray for someone who's sick. And she prayed for her neighbor's daughter who got healed, and then her neighbor got a job that she had been trying to get for a long time. And so her neighbor came to Jesus and came to church just
1: because she... Pray for someone, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And 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 here's cause that'll freak some people out. The assignment is never pray for someone that's sick. It's not like
0: you have to do that. Because
1: like. there are people that don't believe in that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so the assignment would give a number of different suggestions. Yeah, yeah, we give
0: options. It's like yeah. if you're like <clears throat> level five is pray for someone who's sick, but yeah. she was like, Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. And one of the one of the assignments is like write an encouraging note. And she's like, hey, I don't have to talk to anyone. I can do that. So she wrote like hundreds of encouraging notes. So everywhere we went on that school campus, every every, every teacher, janitor, janitor yep. principal, Coaches. PE coach, they all were like had it. Pl- like it was not like a keep up the good work. No, she wrote like a page for every single person about it how was, she sees them, she appreciates them, she notices them, and they all had them plastered up in their offices because they, they would them. almost
1: get in tears just talking about that note. If it we mentioned incredible. her name, they started to tear up. It was yeah. just
0: and and. I love that because it's like this isn't a one-percenter. This is not a charismatic – this isn't Steve Batson who's taller than everyone, who's smarter than everyone, who's charismatic. This is the shortest. You would never notice her, can't even look at you. But she applied spiritual principles of loving people, blessing people, and praying for people, and she changed the spiritual climate at her school, at her church, and in her family, which I think is just – so this was happening all across the nation. and yeah. And,
1: but the places that we are the, and, and I would hear stuff from everywhere. I've got stories from all over, all over the world. But, but here's where we got firsthand. So we had CBN come in to interview. Uh-huh. And so I, I called Robert Leatherwood. I said, I said, is there a school? And he sends us to this Christian school. And I was like, that's not my ideal, but it may be easier, you know? Yeah. So we get there and we, we, we have the crew come in. The principal had agreed to meet with us, and so it starts off. Hey, can you tell us the impact that the forty day revolution had on your school? And he's like, "What's the forty day revolution?" I was like, "This is not starting out very good." Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh lord!" And so we began to explain it. Oh, that I didn't know the name of it. And he grabs a file. He pulls the file drawer open, pulls out a file, and and like drops it on his desk. And cards spew out. He goes, "That was the best." day ever and it was cards from kids um on his campus like thank 20 you. 30 40 cards yeah. and he, and 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 I we have so many stories principals that were going to quit their job principals that were like just miserable and it impacted yeah. them i mean i could go on and on stories just about the principal day cuz that was like one of the first days so they're pretty fired up they you know a lot of them did that day and so the um um but but then he starts pointing out he goes see that group of kids out there on the, on the bleachers, that's a prayer group right now. And there's one over there in the parking lot. And he started pointing around campus, and he goes, we've never had that in all the years of the school. And that was student-initiated, student-led as a result of the 40-day. And we were talking like eight months later. Mm. It was done. Wow. And that's how, so that was how profound the impact could be. It a lasting impact on schools. Yeah. Absolutely. If you apply it, if if you just apply what the Bible says, regardless of your knowledge, your skill set. When we prayer walk our neighborhood, interesting stuff happens. Mm-hmm. We we've had kids in our neighborhood come to our house and go, Would you start a Bible study? And it's like when does that happen? It and it it was all all that kind of stuff always happened. Well, I remember one night you and I we were doing it and we decided to walk and this like twenty, thirty some year old Girl is out walking, and we end up having this extended conversation with her start talking with her about the lord and and uh you know I was like I don't get in those kind of conversations when I'm prayer walking yeah absolutely I do yeah
0: all right so the forty days is launched it started but it went viral and it or viral I don't think viral was I don't think the internet was invented back then it, <laughs> it went uh, nationally when it got hooked up
1: with the call you want to talk about how that happened yeah so I, we uh, had been invited by Harvest Advances and come out to California for their global um, conference. So they had people from all over the world coming, learning about city reaching, and they wanted to really feature the 40-day revolution and talk about it as a youth strategy. They were paying my way because we were living completely by faith. We were op- this was operating out of the bedroom of my house and a uh, little house, 1,000-square-foot house.
0: And when you say operated by faith, I, mean, we, I remember praying because we didn't have food on the table. For food. Like, I remember us doing that, like, completely by faith.
1: Yeah, and yeah. we paid every bill on time, and we always had food, And but there were there were a handful of times where it got that desperate, and God would always come through. So we, um, you know, the, uh, we're doing this here in Tampa. We, it, it had spread. We had 4,000 people in the state of Florida doing it, because the Assemblies of God said, we want all of our youth doing it. We did it in five other cities. So we're I'm flying out there to California and they like right, right before we get there, they go, We're still gonna have you here. We're still gonna talk some about this. But we have this other guy, this youth pastor from California, that's calling for a million people to come to Washington, DC. A million youth to, to send on Washington, DC. And I was like, Okay, so I'm gonna meet this arrogant surfer youth pastor dude oh from California goodness. who like has this. What's a show, once a yeah, you know, big event and and, uh, so, you know, I'm, but I'm like, Lord, I just want to have the right heart, you know? So I'm, I'm out there. I was like, I'll, I'll play my role, whatever that is. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to picture what this California youth pastor, why, how he's going to get a million people. Who's ever heard of a youth pastor gathering a million people? So I'm walking into the, we're in San Jose, California. I'm walking into this room. I don't know. It was half hour, hours maybe beforehand. We just happened to be at the venue. Uh, maybe we were staying at the hotel. I don't remember exactly why we were there, but I get there, and I walk in the room, and there's not very many people in the room. There's uh, just a few people talking up at the front, and I recognize two of them. They came from Tampa, but they were like not with our entourage. I had come with people from in Florida, because that's where we had launched the 40 Day Revolution. They wanted me to come with them, so I'd come with them. Didn't know there was gonna be anybody. And I'm walking down and I hear them talking to this guy and they're like, we got to introduce you to this guy in Tampa who's got 4,000 teenagers, you know, doing this 40 day fast and 40 day revolution. I was like, I know that guy. And they're like, they turn around, Richard, here, meet Lou Engel. And I was like, Lou Engel, is that the guy that, you know, has got all, you know. In a million youth. And so he doesn't, he doesn't look like a surfer. He looks like an old man like me. <laughs> and uh, he's actually, I think, a little older than me. And uh, so I'm like, interesting. And so we start chatting and right off the bat, it is like, oh my gosh, a man, two men on fire. You know what I mean? Like, like both mobilizing youth um for prayer and fasting and things. And so I, it, uh, it was like, love at first sight you know we were we were we were uh, we we just loved each other so and, and neither of us had a business card we both, hey do you have a business card because i want to follow up with you and and he's like no but i have this book and it's called fast forward and i'm like well i have the 40-day revolution is the first rendition of the 40-day revolution we just Is that black and red uh yeah, may have been black and blue or, or i don't know it was before it was the black and red it was no it was before that it was it was like one color cover <gasps> white and blue yeah i remember Yep. folded yep, yep. <clears throat> saddle oh stitch gosh. folded so anyways we exchange these books
0: you can't even call
1: it a book and and a uh, pamphlet. the event starts and there's lou sitting across the room and i'm sitting over here i'm kind of thumbing through his book and i see this illustration about this pastor walking on a beach in california swatting flies the lord speaks to him What are the names of Satan? Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. You can't get rid of an infestation of flies with a one-time treatment. It takes a sustained effort. The life cycle of a fruit fly is 40, or a a fly. We were dealing with fruit flies. That's why I'm saying fruit flies. But a fly, like a house fly or whatever, is 40 days. So you have to do at least 40 days of treatment to get rid of an infestation. And we're having fruit flies. So there's helicopters flying over Florida and planes flying over Florida, spraying the airways to destroy the fruit flies all over Florida. And he's across the room reading my book. That same illustration is in my book and he's reading it. And we're both kind of like, we're across the room having this moment and looking at each other, like shaking each And I know he's found that story and I found it in his and it's like, okay. And he goes, "I want a million copies." That's the way Lou Engel sounds. I want a million copies. Of course, he's rocking. You gotta rock. Can't, yeah, can't be Lou Engel, not rock. Yeah, I want a million copies in D.C. in September. Can you get them there? And I'm looking at him. He can't be serious. Like I, I know he doesn't mean that because he doesn't know. Like this is operating out of the bedroom of my house. I pay for every copy of this on my credit card. Then we have an event, and I pay off my credit card. And and uh I'm like. Uh, if you really want that, let me know. I'm like, I don't even believe he's serious until about the fourth or fifth phone call. And I'm like, this guy really means he it. Believes and and he thinks I can get a million this. copies in DC. And this event's really going to happen. <clears throat> we had somebody that committed to funding the whole thing. They were going to fund every copy. And they happened to be pretty connected. And so there were people on the advisory board. I'm not going to name names, but there were some of the biggest names in the Christian world at that time. They were on the advisory board. And when this guy, friend of mine, he happened to know them because he had given the big ministry. He was like on boards of, you know. Yeah. So he had called these guys and said, said um, hey, can these guys pull this off? And they go, man, they got good hearts, but there's no way they can pull this off. And so he withdrew his funding from mm. us. And I watched a half a million people stand up and commit because yeah they didn't get a million but they got about a half a million in Washington D.C. Yeah, you were there, I was there, um, jumbotrons all the way across the the field. I mean, it was a first class event. It was amazing. Yeah, and and everybody there stood up and committed. And and because it, I, I will call these guys out, it was Dallas One Bart Azarelli, who had given us enough money to buy thirty five thousand copies. Yeah, and uh, that's all we had. All we had, we didn't have any back at the house and uh, we gave them all away at this event. And so uh, before I left the mall that same day, we were like, it was the mall end in of the Washington DC. Yeah, just to clarify, yeah, it's not a shopping not mall. Not Brandon Mall. Yeah, we, we, were, we were walking off, and a buddy of mine calls me. Robert Leatherwood calls me. He goes, "Richard, you need to clear your answering machine." I was like, "Clear my answering machine? My answering machine had never been. You remember the, the tape ones? I don't know what that is. Yeah, you don't. You, you, we had them, and you've never had to experience. There it. It was nothing digital back then. So I was like five. It, it was recorded on these looping, and but once you got to the end of a tape, which was like an hour's worth of recording. You had deleted. So I was like, I have to delete. I've never had a full answer. And it's, I was like, okay. So I, I call and I'm getting orders for thousands of books while at the mall because all 35,000 copies went out and people are skimming to the back of the book going, we want to do this in New York City. We want to do this in Denver, Colorado. We want to yeah, yeah, do yeah. this in Dallas and, and uh, we need books. And so I'm like, we've given Hundred percent of our money, every copy of our book, and I have orders for thousands of books. And I have, and I, and, uh, re- I've never had remotely hit delete, re, you know, clear my messages, and and so for days. I'm, Why did you delete them? You, you took them down,
0: right? I wrote them oh, down okay, okay, because
1: okay. The, because it couldn't record more. I wasn't oh home to goodness. put another tape in or anything. Oh my goodness. And, uh, you actually put a physical tape in. Yeah, there was. Oh f- my gosh. And and so, but there was a way Stone remotely ages. for to to access it and tell it to rewind and re-record. Re- okay, there was at least some technology involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had little hamsters that ran oh the wheels to back it up. <laughs> so like we'd re- un- we're deleting and and I'm taking down information and I'd call hours and hours later you know, like yeah. and I'd be like. It's full again. And how many people did we miss? Oh yeah. So I ordered 20,000 more and going like it's, this is a faith thing because I don't have the money for it. I'm going to put it on a credit card and we've had maybe 5,000. We sold every one of those for $2 a book. And my, my cost on it back then, because of, it was like 10 cents a book. Cause it, it they were a, pamphlets. One, they're not books. They were pamphlets. Yeah. 64 page front and yeah. folded
0: staples. Saddle stitch. Yeah. S- saddle stitch makes it sound fancier. And,
1: uh, and so, yeah, you know, so it was like, wow, we have enough money to rent a facility. So we, I, I rented my first place from Tim Wilson. He had a uh, car place and we rented a couple of offices there. Hired some staff, and we were like, "We've got to respond to this. We got orders coming in from all over the nation. We got people wanting us to come out and and help mobilize yeah. their youth." Were their- you doing all the shipping? We did the shipping. Oh my gosh. Yeah, everything, and uh, yeah. It was crazy. So it's whose exciting. idea was it to start doing little boxes? little, little? Uh... Well, we did the bag at first. Right. And then we tried so many different things. We finally, it was just like so much hassle, the boxes. Oh, yes, it was. And it was so we, we, yeah, we, we rewrote it. I don't know how many times early on, but um, yeah, so that we had. Different boxes that we folded, and some look so pretty. Funny. Cheesy. Some look pretty nice. The, the black and red had, ones, those were it yeah, was pretty Jeff nice. Dom, the designer of those. Yeah, we had those. Uh, where do we, oh no, I actually those had a were like had actually like folded,
0: like they were built and designed, yeah, and manufactured for the Ford Revolution. Yeah, and, everything. and they looked like you bought them at a store. Yeah. So. A book went in there, some candies, an anointing oil, some stickers, dolls. We got rid hat. of the anointing
1: oil early because non charismatic people would freak out i thought it was because it stained the boxes oh yeah that happened too i remember, I remember <laughs> that i remember that no we got rid of it pretty early so there, there were groups that wanted it, so I, I, think we made it I love the dog tags. i love the dog tags and the stickers
0: those are my two favorite yeah. things that we ever did yeah because yeah, like amazing. I, i've heard from people who are like i still have that dog tag 20 30 years later and maybe yeah. not 30 20 years later yeah. like they still have it just because yeah. it's like a reminder and it was like yeah. you know that
1: impactful so, the need today I think is as great as it oh, was back then hundred percent and 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 we're here's a wild thing for me we were um i was uh invited to go out and record with worship mob um got to be on some of their um recordings pretty amazing experience I didn't know a lot about them, but we were in um i i flew in to Dallas. uh, Not Dallas, uh, Denver Airport. Yeah, Dallas was a long drive, long commute. Flew into Dallas, and uh, and and I had an invitation to speak in Littleton, Colorado. It was almost to the day, the time of year. Like it wasn't, but it was so close, and I think it was right at twenty years. From when we launched the 40 Day Revolution, I was in Littleton, Colorado, for the first time ever, which is where Columbine High School was. Mm. <clears throat> I was three miles from Columbine High School, and I'm ministering, and I I didn't even realize till I got there that I was I I officially was in like another town, but it was Littleton, but maybe whatever the name of it is, it's like Bloomingdale here. It's mm-hmm. part of Brandon, yeah. you know, yeah. And so it was something like that, and so I was like, I gotta go over to Columbine High School. So I'm like, I'm here 20 years from when Mm -hmm. we mobilized over a a series of time, a million teenagers to pray, to fast, to serve, to tell, while Satan has mobilized hundreds of young people.
0: Probably thousands of To shoot, yeah, to Mm
1: -hmm. shoot people in their schools. Mm. Um, That's the difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. You know, it's not like um, there's the normal people that just haven't heard about Jesus um, but there are actually people in our churches, many of the people that we deal with that were even programmed that have been a, that, that have been sent out as assassins that have been a part of mafia and gangs' were involved in churches and intentionally involved in churches it's it 's sometimes where they recruit, sometimes where they are we 've dealt with so many people that have been um, yeah they 've been through mind control programming satanic rituals in churches by people that were leaders in churches. And a lot of that has taken place for the purpose of mobilizing an end-time army of assassins, uh people that are going to shoot up schools. And so we we the the warfare is more real than most people realize. And just having church and church services isn't going to win that battle. Um I I I love being a part every, of a church that it, every
0: pastor just right there yeah
1: I, I I love being a part of a church now that is a, got a real prayer and warfare strategy to win the, the battle in the spirit realm but even that is is if it stays in a building yeah if it stays in a building is not gonna change the world we have pray
0: to. for laborers
1: some people are like well that's not Go. our that's not our thing we're a worship church or we're not that that kind we're a praying church or we're not that kind we're this
0: yeah we, we only use half of the bible we only we like the scriptures yeah. that only we fit we,
1: we, it's a pie and we're this part of the pie and it's like no yeah. <laughs> the, he wants the whole enchilada the whole pie yeah. <laughs> like all of us yeah. live in all of it yeah and um and it it is challenging to do it all the time. We're we're not on the streets as many, much as we have been at times. But we're yeah.
0: Uh, can I just say go like re- remodeling my house. I get to go to Home Depot a lot. Yeah. I'm like the all of the stuff that like was normal. Like I, I if I'm with my kids, I'm not super like I want to get in conversations and pray with people, right? Or you know, if I'm with my wife, I'm not super like that. But going to Home Depot, I'm like this is the first time that I'm like out and about by myself where i can interact with people all of the stuff that i grew up with the 40 days just comes right back out just becomes so natural like so tell me what's that like? probably like half the times i go to home depot i end up praying <clears throat> for somebody oh just God. because it's like i'm like i talk to people i have like i mean we're so busy in america like normally it's like you know i have this amount of time to go get food and leave you know like you go into a drive through. like at this point you don't even have to talk to anyone like if i go to chick-fil-a i like put my app i park they bring it to me, you know what I mean? Or Uber Eats, they thank drop you. it off at your door. Yeah, you know, thank you, thank you. Yes, my, my pleasure. If it, you know, as Chick Fil <clears> says, <throat> like, we don't have to interact with people. Like, welcome to Moe's, or you interact mm. with the same ten or fifteen people, the people you work next to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but like that was like an opportunity where I'm like, hey, I don't know where this is. Can someone help me? You know, like one guy was just like asked me if I knew something was. I was like, no, I don't. I'm looking for this, and he's like, well, I'm a plumber. I'll tell you where it is. I'm like, why are you asking me for help? You're a plumber at Home Depot. Like, you're asking <laughs> me, and I'm getting to pray with the guy. You know, so it's just like. I don't know. There's t- when, when you have that opportunity, when you have time, all that stuff comes right back out for me. Yeah,
1: It's, it's, it's about developing a lifestyle. Um, for me, I have to switch out of that do mode. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I have to be intentional. When I am, like if I take time and listen – I hear amazing stuff yeah. for people. When I don't do that, yeah. I don't hear anything.
0: See, Nathaniel never stops. Nathaniel is a hundred percent. We got to tell that l- story. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's tell, tell that story. Oh my god! That gosh. is obviously where I'm going with this. Okay, so no, Nathaniel is is wired for connection with people. He's he, he walks up to people in just, a pool yeah. and puts his arms so around them. It was me, my mom. Was it Coco? Yeah, and Nathaniel. And Nathaniel kept telling me, Andrew, you have to go talk to that guy. And you have to go talk to that guy. And you have to go talk to that guy. I'm like, dude, like,
1: it's, I'm not gonna just Let go. Let me just say for anybody who doesn't know, people that are new our podcast, Nathaniel is our youngest son, my youngest son. He's ten years younger than uh, his sister Rachel. Fifteen years younger than you. 14? Yeah, 14, 15. Yeah, 14, oh, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen years. Years younger than you and uh he's got down syndrome. Yeah. Died in my arms. God raised him from the dead. That'll be another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty amazing story. Um and uh, but he's challenged in speech. So he he's he is saying so much more and he's motivated. Oh my gosh, like I have not seen him this yeah. motivated before. But anyways, so um but he gets his message across. So back so, to the story. Uh,
0: we're you know we're, it takes like what 15 minutes to eat a meal he probably said it 30 times like andrew we're gonna go talk to this guy andrew we're gonna go talk to this guy right and so we get up and i'm like i kind of start walking over there like i don't even know what i'm gonna say to this guy like there's just these two guys sitting here and nathaniel walks right up starts giving him hugs and saying like "Bo," and introducing me to them like you know like like he knows these people and so we start talking to them and they're missionaries from south africa they they work with um Tons of different ministries in the United States, um, and uh, the owner of this Chick-fil-A was there with them, and he helped sponsor them. They're, like, all involved. They go to churches that we all know, we start talking with them, and they're like, we want to have you involved or whatever. So I get their business card, give it to my dad, who gives him a call, right? Now
1: you can tell your story at this part. Yeah, so after hearing that story, I was like, okay, it's a divine appointment. I got a call. So the the guy actually lives in Alabama, but he's he's – His ministry is all over Africa. The other one was from, I think, South South Africa. Africa, Yeah, and uh, and and so the guy from Alabama is, you know, doing ministry all over. They they have a pretty large mission organization. So we play phone tag for weeks, but for whatever reason, we both are pretty committed. Like you know, it's like if someone doesn't respond, I'm just keep moving. But I was like, I'm gonna keep following up because. It was. An, I knew it was a he divine keeps appointment. He calling me. Nathaniel made yeah. insisted. So we finally connect, and it was like this is amazing because we've been. We both knew that there was something significant about this, and we'd kind of chat about that day at Chick Fil A, and and I said Nathaniel's hooked me up with other people before, where he drags everybody across a room, <laughs> a crowded room, and says you got to meet this person, and they're leaving that week for Eldoret, uh, Kenya, and. I've been in Eldoret, done yeah. min, women's conference, pastors' conferences there. And I'm like, what are the chances? It's impossible. Yeah. There's yeah. no way. So, so we're chatting and, and he's been to Eldoret. And I'm like, it's just insane, interesting. And at first, I'm thinking he's conservative Baptist background, something. And yeah, we're not going to, but he's asking enough questions that I, he like finds out who we are, what we do. And he's fired up and he's excited. And I was like, cool like you yeah. usually scare someone from that background even though that was some of my background um and so he was like um tell me about some of your curriculum because i had said what yeah. i wrote was a dis- I, it's all about discipleship it's about equipping people to yeah. do the stuff jesus did so i'm telling him about it and he goes stop right there and he goes this is crazy and i was like what and he goes he goes i just picked up a book this morning called the overflow by a by a pastor named Chuck Ammons who lives right there in Valrico, and I got that book, and it's been sitting with me, and and I you know I, I had intended to read it, but I hadn't picked it up. So this morning I start reading it, and I'm reading like the preface or forward, and and you wrote the forward to this book, and in there he talks about your books um the god speaks bible and the things you just talked about and he goes i i knew when you were talking about where would i've heard that where have i heard that now i remember and i'm like what are the chances and he goes chuck's coming with us on our next missions trip and he's asking me to come with him and so i just was like so you, oh, you okay. have to go
0: at this point right
1: mm-hmm. yeah we, you know i actually did he send me any information he was going to send me so i got to follow up but yeah so i i i i've been i love going to africa so man to to go with that group maybe maybe an interesting one i got to I Pray yeah. about it, but yeah, it just it's so many divine. I think, I think mom will be on board, if, since Nathaniel yeah. was
0: was yeah. so on board. So, forty day revolution. We at this point we sell exactly like
1: a hundred copies a year, maybe. I don't even know that we've sold any. Like, we, we for a lot of years it was it was a main component of our ministry. We still get random <clears> forty <throat> or fifty orders from people who did
0: it at, in high school. And are now youth pastors. That's yeah. the people who order yeah. it because we don't we don't market it.
1: And... Yeah, I, I I've been praying for the right group to give it to, and I'm I have a sense that there might be a group right now that would be perfect for, and I'm just asking the Lord for the divine appointment because it is it, it's the tool. It, it yeah, has yeah. to be redone because uh, we have illustration. I was looking at the um here, here's a really wild one. There was a um um a, a lady that during the Iraq war was rescued from special forces troops. And I tell that story, Jessica, uh, private Jessica. I can't think of her last name, which is interesting. So that story was on everybody's mind and it was powerful yeah. illustration back then. Now nobody, because I was assuming when I wrote this, the knowledge of that story and I was like, like I'd have to tell the whole story yeah, yeah, yeah. to use that. I'd have to tell it again, um, which would take a lot more time to, because you have to show why it's that significant. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's like, there are things like that, that in assignments that, School has changed so much. Oh, yeah. Languages, like when we had "Bomb Your School Day," like first of all, we had to change that right off the bat because as soon as yeah. Columbine happened, we got we changed it from "This Means War." At
0: this point, I feel like the 40 days would have to be focused almost on the spiritual climate that's causing, yeah, all of the stuff going on. Yeah. That, yeah, it have it has to have a much there different focus.
1: Are the- I believe that you could still mobilize this generation oh, to do it, thousand percent, it. A thousand percent. And even though spiritually it is in a challenging place, the church is overall in a challenging place. Um, but but I see signs of real life and tra- there's an awakening that something has to change. I, I have, a, I have a thought about. User.
0: I have a thought about the awakening. Go for it. This is a judgment. This is not an absolute. But I I have seen, I would say, theology grow. People, like, things that people were opposed to to believe about, um, then begin to lay down, to be more open to other things. I haven't seen warriors who are like, let's go change the world. Yeah. Like, I've seen, I don't want to say people seem more puffed up, like we know Mm -hmm. more. We're like, like, we have good theology. We have good Bible answers. We've listened to
1: incredible people on YouTube and all this stuff. But I don't see people who are like... Tons of people sing about healing the sick and raising the dead. And that's in a lot of popular music. And I wonder how many of them have ever... Believe it. They believe it. And they might even pray like, hey, let's pray that they
0: were healed. But I I, I don't want to speak like judgmental. But I I, I remember at one point being like, I'm praying for the sick to be healed. But I have no thought like, right now I want to hear your voice, God. Because I expect this person, I want to encounter you and you to encounter them and them to be healed right now. That kind of like... That expectation and mindset. There's like, still
1: so much unbelief.
0: I wouldn't even call it unbelief. It's like taking what's in our head and putting it to our feet and, and letting it live out day in and day out. And that's one of the things with the 40 days is like, I always get accused when I preach of people who are like, you always just make everything <clears throat> so practical. Like you, you like when, when you preach, Andrew, it's all about going and doing. I'm like, what's the point <laughs> of talking if you're not going to do something different? Like, why would you come to church to
1: gain information? Yeah. Like I had a group youth group when I first youth group I ever took over. Um, I was right out of Bible college, pretty zealous. And we grew from like four kids to forty relatively fast. And and my numbers may be off. It's been so long. Maybe it was twenty five, I don't know, whatever it was. But I had some of the, the, the church kids, um, first before we had grown, when when I was trying to mobilize them and it'd gone from like four to fourteen and they came up to me and said, "Richard, the songs are okay. Your your talking is okay. I mean, and it really was that that was being generous. I think they were being nice to me <laughs> um, in the early days. You're like, but if you talk to us about witnessing one more time, we are out of here." And I was like, "Oh, wow! Tell me how you really feel." And wow. and I was like, "And I didn't have any of the keys, and not none of the stuff. Like we had never done the forty days, never heard of anybody do anything like that. I was just talking about them reaching their friends." Yeah. So I decided I gotta show them. I can't just talk yeah, about it. So yeah. I started hanging on the basketball courts, um, and and started. And God just opened up doors. And I, when I when I did the math one time, it was fifty people that I had gotten to lead to Christ. Now no, I I say that none of them were the processed fish. For whatever reason, everybody in that town that looked okay either was in church or you couldn't make me go to church. The people I was reaching. Were people that, they were, it started with two girls, cute-looking girls, but they came from the other side of the tracks. You couldn't tell that at the at this meeting, but when I got to their house, I was like, holy cow, I've never been to a place like this. Yeah. And then they want me to meet their friends who are living in a, and when I say a mobile home, that's it's being generous. generous. Yeah. And these three boys, and I get to lead them to Christ, and they become my shadows, and they want me to meet their friends. Yeah pretty soon like i'm in this whole network of trailer parks and and h- houses that were dilapidated and so what happens when you just <clears throat> are you and you, yeah. and you let jesus come out and you talk yeah. to people and, and you and and these people and and it was interesting cuz cuz they were on fire they wanted everything i was talking about they wanted and they were they would come to prayer meetings and there were no teenagers at prayer meetings we're yeah. praying for for you know Something like it was maybe the building plan or something like that. It was uh, churches always had prayer meetings around business, you know, plans. So we were having these this prayer meeting and and these kids show up that have a long hair and they wear hats Uh in church uh uh and and uh, they were always getting corrected for that. And but they were like ready to pray and believing for this stuff. It wasn't very many months, and and we had grown. And some one of them had brought flowers for one of the girls that was always like she her family were the like. Mainstay in Uh-oh. the town Uh-oh. And so the kid that wears a hat To church You know, little gangly Lives in the par- trailer parks Is bringing flowers And I lost a bunch of the kids That were the, you know Processed fish And and the other kids Nobody outright said Get out of here But what they communicated was If you get your hair cut We would really accept you <laughs> If you'd wear a suit We would, like You would just be the cat's meow and they began to realize, oh, oh, we don't fit in. We're not accepted as we are. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to wear a suit. Yeah. I don't want to cut my hair. I don't want to take my hat off. And and so I remember one day a couple of them were like, Richard, we love you. I love Jesus. I love youth group. But I'm never coming back to church again. And it was like, wow. Nobody came and slapped him in the face. There was clear rejection. yeah, yeah. yeah. And and they felt that they felt like the message
0: came across loud and clear. That's and, the message I think almost everyone in middle school and high school receives pretty much day in and day out. Like yeah. you're not accepted. It's pretty much what the world at this point is like. Nobody accepts anybody. Nobody loves anybody. Yeah. The church is not too – like. How do I put this? I think if the church put as much energy into accepting and loving people instead of to like don't ban my guns, I think you'd I think you'd have revival. If we just put that much time in. If I, we had as many conversations about how much God loves you or and prayed for people every yeah. time that we defended any theology, if we just yeah. prayed instead of defending theology, oh my gosh.
1: Revival. You you got out there and you just applied. I, I, I remember um, I would still hang out with these people and still go to see them. None of them came to church and they would want me to like, I'd bring my guitar and we would... Like sing, and I'd answer questions, and I'd talk about the Bible, and they were hungry. And one of them, I remember the dad getting out his guitar, and he'd play like "Stairway to Heaven" or something like that, and and uh, <laughs> and then we'd sing, you know, yeah. a couple worship songs, and and they would ask questions, and they were like, their eyes would just light up, and yeah. I was like, man, I'm not, I don't even want to talk them into coming to church, yeah, and and then I was leading this one guy to Christ one day. He was a, he was um a um from a Jehovah's Witness background. And he was like, man, like, I want to come to your church. And I said, dude, honestly, I think you should go check out this church. Please don't get me wrong. I would love to fellowship with you, and I'll meet with you. I'll talk with you, but you don't want to come to my church. (laughs) And uh, because I knew he wouldn't feel accepted. Uh. So, uh, and I was like, you are welcome to come. This is the church, you know. But, and so he showed up, and he was wearing shorts. And, you know, um, and, and almost everybody in our church wore suits, you know. and uh, this was like 30 years ago. And so you know I, I see him come in and sit down kind of near the back back third of the church. And uh, I see some of the deacons, elders, uh, yeah, it was the elders because it was it was a Presbyterian uh, PCA church. A conservative evangelical Presbyterian. So anyways, I, I'm All up words. there uh, Yeah. I, I'm up there about to lead hymns, you know, when you had to do <laughs> this with your hands, you know. And, oh man, I wish I had some video of that. Yeah. Uh, and uh and that was what almost every church did back then. You know, maybe some choruses, you know, and, and so I'm I'm up there about ready to open the service. And I put my hymnal down, I headed to the back and I said, I said, if you say anything to him except you're welcome here. You have my resignation at the end of the service, and they're like, burr, burr, burr. and I just walk back up, turn in your hymnals to hymn number two thirty four, and da da da, you know, bringing in the sheaves, you know, oh my <laughs> gosh. who knows what the hymn was? It probably was. Aggressive. Well, it was. It would have already been picked. Oh, who knows? So that would have been funny if it was. So you know, here we are um, singing our hymns, and I went back there and I sat next to him, and I was like the only person that talked to him that morning, maybe. I I don't know. Um sad sad small town church. Um that um out 15 minutes from Charlotte. You know. And and uh yeah, just had no vision beyond their own family and friends. So, how can we as a church change the spiritual
0: climates on the on the high school, middle school campuses where all of this horrible stuff is going
1: on, and I'm not just talking about the shootings. Yeah, I wish that was the worst. You know, the only oh bad stuff going Lord, on. Yeah. Um. F- first of all, I believe we can change it in our cities. I believe we can change it in our schools, but it's not an event. No event. Um. You can't. Ju- I was always the prayer closet. Like I was. We we had a small prayer group, and I was there. I was either the leader of it usually, or and it was four or five kids, and we're praying for our school. And that was, that was back when I was in high school, Brandon High School, you know, Bloomingdale High School with teenagers when I became a youth pastor, doing that before we ever launched 40 Day Revolution. And it would be like, I'd just show up as a youth pastor and pray with these kids, sometimes do a little teen lesson or something like that, all over town, different schools. That never, I believe it made an impact. I believe it's powerful. I believe the prayer room is powerful. But I believe it's when we put feet to the prayers. Yeah. And that's what the 40-day revolution was about. And having a plan, having a strategic plan was just powerful because we all believed it. Like everybody would go, how many of you think we should talk to others about our faith? Everybody raise their hand. We'll do that. Uh, you know? I think I, I have a belief and I don't know if, I don't
0: know where it came from during the 40 days. But um, if you have to convince someone to share their faith, then they don't have faith. Mm-hmm like if you believe the god of the bible and you have that personal relationship and it's that incredible you don't have to be told or reminded it's like he's your lord and he's everything like i love watching the chosen the apostles were like when can we go tell people like i want to go tell people and then when jesus says i'm going to send you out to go heal the sick they're a little intimidated or whatever but but the whole time like this is an incredible message jesus everyone has to hear this right they saw the miracles they saw the man they saw the message and they were like, we have to tell the world, right? <clears throat> when you have to convince someone like, hey, please try and do this. Yeah. Like give it your best. You haven't seen the man, heard the message, understood it, and want to share it with the world. Oh. I, that That's one of the things that I'm like I, – I had a youth tell me one time like I've been in church my whole life, but I met Jesus this week at youth camp and he's totally different. And like that's what I want for people because I'm like when you meet Jesus, it's just what happens.
1: It's not religion. It's not. It's not ha- church attendance checking do. a box. You know, there's a lot of kids that know what to say. That was their me. P- their fa- families are convinced. You know that yeah. they are born again. How, your born again experience was unique and powerful, huh? Yeah, I didn't want to go to nap time. <laughs> so you told as a, mom as a three year old, how do I become a Christian? <laughs> so I don't want to go to nap time. <laughs> God took it seriously though. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't have another one to
0: share. Like I don't have another. I pray. Like there, there, there were times when I was older when I was like, I don't want to just say the right words. I want to like believe what I'm saying. But that was like sometimes for healing, sometimes for prayer. It wasn't like God being real in my relationship.
1: Lord. Just kind of yeah. grew into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Interesting, but um yeah. I forget what we were I was saying we we got
0: it. you have to know him. You have to be in love with him. Yeah. And then then it's easy to talk to people about what he's doing in your life. Yeah. Like that's the thing, like I see it harder for people who grew up in the church to understand that some people never realize God loved them. Yeah. Like the people who didn't grow up with church were intimidated, like, I think God hates me, you know, I've sinned too much, and when they experience and encounter a loving God, that's like they ex, they, they receive that. They feel yeah. that it's, it's like a, a life transforming thing. Yeah. People who, when the, the first memory they have is people singing Jesus loves me this, I know for the Bible tells me so. It's like, it's just, it doesn't hit the same. It's almost like, it's just like, it's too familiar. Yeah. God's love is
1: too familiar. God's life, like him saving you from your sins is too familiar. Yeah. The marriage of the call and the 40 day revolution was amazing. Um, because you got fired up. The event. Yeah. was powerful. I oh. mean, first of all, they understood oh, they, a lot about was changing a the spiritual climate. Yeah. It was A+. Plus. It was not entertainment. It was like nonstop. Also, it wasn't huge names at the time, right? Well, they said it was a nameless, faceless revolution. And, uh, me, and me and a buddy of mine were in the green room area and we're looking at each other going – Uh, You're nameless and faceless. I'm nameless and faceless. But most of these people, (laughs) like, were in the green room and there's Rebecca St. James and there's Michael W. Smith. And now one of them that was at the time pretty nameless and faceless was, um, Jason Jason Upton, Upton, you know. And so there were people that kind of, a lot of the worship bands were from decent sized churches or prayer rooms, you know. And, and so you wouldn't have, they didn't have albums and stuff like that. But man, like, Jason Upton, Holy cow. I'm, it's five o'clock in the morning. We're walking at six in the morning, whatever it is. We're walking out there and all I hear is, let the fire fall, let the wind blow, let the glory come down. And I couldn't keep walking. I've never heard still, it. And he's just singing that same thing over and over again. And it was, it was like the glory of God is on the mall. Like it was intense. And I don't remember if which, if that came first or, or I, th- I think it was after that, but it may have been. Uh, next thing I know is, freedom. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, we had launched the 40-Day Revolution using Braveheart. So you got my attention. Yeah, yeah. And then he sings the song Freedom. Did you meet him that day? Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to meet this person. Whatever it takes, I'm going to meet this person. Yeah. Takes, <laughs> meet this person so... I did, but yeah, it was, you know, it was was cool because like Bill Bright was backstage. I don't know who that is. He started Campus Crusade for Christ, huge name. Um, I was homeschooled. A lot of major um, ministry leaders and worship leaders were back there and everybody was just talking to each other. And you felt like Rebecca St. James was just another person, Michael W. Smith, just another person. And then this motorcade pulls up and these bodyguards line up. And stand, and they've all got earpieces. And we're thinking, is this a vice president? Is a president? Who is this? Who was it? Benny Hinn. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh.
1: And it was like, oh holy God. cow. Like, it, it the atmosphere changed, you know? And here's another thing. Like, I was supposed to have 20 minutes. And there were people that honored the time. And there were people that completely dishonored the time. And um, I won't name any names. Um, and uh, and so it was hours behind. And so I went from having 20 minutes. For the what I believe, and Lou Angle would have said, the most important part of the day is launching the 40-day revolution because it's not about what happens on the mall. It's about what happens as a result. You know, that would be Lou Angle. And I, I'm i getting ready to walk about on stage. It had been cut to two minutes. And they said something like, one minute. And I'm like, I had another teenage girl that had radically impacted her school, and I just said, I said, I'm going to pray and turn it over to you. I said, I, this 10 second prayer calling down, having turned it over to her, she told this testimony. It probably took two and a half minutes, and they pretty much drag us off stage. Lou Engel was like, Stop. I got to talk to you guys about this 40 day revolution. And so, you know, he took my, I mean, not, he wasn't taking my time. What yeah. he did is, is, I know we're a couple hours behind, but we're not going to have given these people extra time and miss one of the most important things. So he launched the forty day revolution at that event, and um, and but but so it went from being a day where they know how to impact the spiritual climate and mobilize and motivate people, but nobody would probably would have done well. Like, how do I much. apply that? What do yeah. I do next? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, on the next day. But now there's a there's a strategy, God, yeah, yeah. for 40 days what to do. And it included prayer every day. Prayer is a part of every day's assignment, but right. it's not just praying. It's not just have you know, um, it, it is do something, talk to someone. I, loved, I love, I love. Write an encouraging God note. said,
0: pray for the Lord to send laborers into the harvest. And then the next word is go. go. It's yeah. not just pray and believe. It's be the the yep. change you want to see. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Don't do it in your own strength, (laughs) but don't wait. (laughs) No. So, all right. Well, I think everybody listening to this has been affected at some point in your life, uh, whether it was when you were in middle school or high school or from what's going on in the news. I think we need to have, the church needs to have new eyes of, we have to pray. Like, this can't continue, and we can't look and point the finger at anyone else. Like, the church needs to say, this is unacceptable what's happening, and we want to be the change, and we want to bring revival to the schools. Yeah.
1: You know, it's something I'd like to pray. I'd like to pray for, I, I don't care if it's the 40-day revolution or somebody else writes something new, but I believe we need revival. marching orders. Yeah. Revival, you know, <clears throat> this brought the change. You know, it's it's a tool. Um, and, yeah, revival, uh, it, whether God rebirths the 40-day revolution or it could be any name. It could be this means war, too. You know what I mean? Like, it is time to declare war. We are in a war. Mm-hmm. And too often the church is in a defensive posture, doesn't know how to live an offensive Christianity. We're afraid to be offensive. And by that, I don't mean hurting people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Although we can't, we can't be afraid to do that. Um Jesus didn't
0: coddle. Jesus would 100% be politically correct in everything he do. He would always honor people's <laughs> pronouns. I don't know what you're saying. He was love, and
1: that's what love does. Oh, Lord, forgive <laughs> us for being so milk toast, mediocre, watered down, making a God to look like us, who is, I believe he is a warrior God. Yeah. Yeah. And there's people that are majorly opposed. Well, close to us that. in prayer. Uh, Matt and- <laughs> I just lost a bunch of friends. Father God, may we know you as you really are and not try to make you like us. And I pray, Father God, for a warrior spirit to arise in sons and daughters of the kingdom, Lord. Then we would first of all recognize who the real enemy is. Uh mm. Lord, that we would recognize we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. We do wrestle against lies, and there are lies. And and uh, and Lord, you even asked us to wage a war against lies, doctrines of demons, and things of that nature. So God, may we do that kind of stuff. May we, may we be on your team, following your orders, not not coddling to this age, to the world. To um, Satan's marching orders that we think are, are good, religious, um, clean, warm, fuzzy stuff. But Lord, I pray that we would be ready to stand up and make a difference. I pray that we would be going. What are my marching orders, Lord? I I pray for a resurrection of things like the forty-day revolution, whether it's the forty-day revolution or something else, Lord. That you just download to someone. I pray, God. That it would be bigger and stronger, more powerful than anything we've witnessed before. That it would change our governmental institutions. It would change our schools. It would change our workplaces. It would change our neighborhoods. It would change our um, governmental seats, our local governmental seats. Our school boards would be impacted. Cool. Lord, may may we carry Jesus everywhere we go, in Jesus mighty name. I pray, Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening. Please like, comment, and share. I appreciate all the text I get, but also comment where you listen to podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. And uh, run for the school board. That's the takeaway. Run for school board. Any more Christians in the in the government? Okay.
1: Amen.